record more stuff than me. I don't know. Just voice stuff. Just a lot of podcasts. Yeah. When when did you start this podcast? You like in the beginning of the pandemic? It was just like it started off with like Zoom calls. It started off with um, actually it started off originally the concept of it started off because I used to go downtown. Yeah. At um to the downtown east side and hand out like food and clothes and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah, yeah. and then i would like get people to interview or, like film on my phone of me just mm. like talking to random people so that was like, like my downtown first... east siders yeah, yeah 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 that was like my first youtube video that i had posted actually like the first one related to this mm-hmm. and then um before the pandemic started it was like the summer of 2019 i guess um I would go downtown and I'd like selfie stick interview people and I would be like, Hey, like what does mental health mean to you? Like, like, and it would just be like short interviews that I would like splice together. So I'd ask like multiple people the same question and then like splice their answers one by one. And then once the pandemic hit, nobody would want to talk to me in public because I'd be like, Hey, can I talk to you? I'd like, Hey, do you want (laughs) to talk to me? And then they'd be like, no, like, so then yeah i started doing the zoom the zoom call thing and then i was like um fuck this i'm just gonna start doing in person and it's way better and then uh last year for christmas like my buddies and my girl chipped in and like started buying me like actual like good quality mics instead of using yeah instead of using like I used to like huddle around one mic and be like, you know, <laughs> everything has to be quiet around here. I like turn off all yeah. the fans, turn off everything. And then I got like actual equipment and now we're good. Nice. Yeah, no, this is quite the, got quite the setup here. It's great. It's good. Thank you, bro. Well, Judah, man, thank you for coming by. You magnificent human being. I love, I love the stuff you post. I love the oh, stuff you stand so much, for, man. what you do. Um, for anybody that hasn't heard of you before, why don't you give yourself a little introduction and tell yeah. people like who you are and what you're all about? For sure. So, I mean, I'm a personal trainer in Vancouver. Um, I've been training people for just over seven years now. Uh, a lot of what I do is strength conditioning based. Um, I mean, obviously I help people with, with fat loss and general goals as well, but I really like, uh, you know, helping people get really, really strong is kind of my favorite thing to do. Um, and that could, that goes along with, you know, even for you, like mental strength as well, right? There is a huge component of, of training that is mental and there's a huge component of, you know, people overcoming, you know, self-consciousness or whatever else when it comes to training. But I really like my business motto is discover your ultimate strength because at the end of the day, that's what I help people do. I help people find like the strength that they didn't know that they had and, uh, you know, become the basically the best version of themselves. Uh, so that's that's kind of like in in a nutshell what I do. That's wicked, man. Is this your first time on a podcast? This is my first time on a podcast. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, love that. I yeah. love taking podcast virginity. Pop in my cherry, bro. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Let's go. I love that. So, how did you? Um, have you always been a trainer? Is that like the only job you've ever worked? Or? No, no. I've done tons of different jobs, man. Like I've done a little bit of everything. So obviously. You know, I'm a bigger guy. I've worked in, you know, some general construction stuff. Like I did drywall for a summer back in the day. Worst job ever. Don't recommend it. <laughs> um, but I mean, then I worked when I was in high school. I actually worked as a maintenance worker in a glass factory. I worked like evenings, um, which actually made pretty good money as like a 
you know, 14, 15 year old, I was making like 20 bucks an hour. Fuck yeah. And so I always had money. Like I bought my own car when I was like 16. Um, I worked in sales. Um, I used to like set up cell phone plans and stuff like that back in the day. Uh, I worked at Future Shop as a sales associate. That's when I kind of got more into sales stuff. Um, but yeah. And then I, what else have I done? I don't know. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm trying to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was a liquor sales rep for a bit. Uh, I worked at a music studio. Uh, it was a jazz music studio. It was kind of like an internship because I, I did want to work in music. But I mean, I think I've done a lot of different stuff and it's kind of showed me like what I do want to do and what I don't want to do. Because if you only do one thing, it's like, how do you really know? Right. So, but yeah, I've done a lot. And then I kind of always wanted to do something that was, you know, I kind of had to ask myself that question of like, what do I already do every day that I enjoy doing? Like, what can I see myself doing for years and years and years and want to get really, really good at? Um, and I should preface this, too, by saying but both my parents are personal trainers. So it kind of oh, runs in the family. And, like, I kind of had to think about, like, oh, like, why do they do what they do? And I kind of started to understand it the older they got. So, yeah. And then I, I made the switch over. And, yeah, I never, never really looked back at that point. But I have worked as, like, a personal trainer. I've worked as, like, an assistant fitness manager, as a fitness manager which basically means I'm running the personal training department of a gym. And uh, then I've obviously ran my own business as well. So Nice. What was, what was like, because um, I've worked in gyms before as well. I worked on like the sales side. I never was a personal trainer personally. But like what yeah. was the biggest difference between like kind of managing uh, another gym's personal training team and like kind of running your own business? Oh, there's... So much difference, man, because I mean, when you're running your own business, like in the, in the beginning, it's usually just you and you're the only one that has to hold yourself accountable. When you're a manager, you're holding other people accountable to their goals and also the company's goals, right? So you would basically say like, you know, you sit down with that person and you say like, you know, where do you want to be in six months? You know, you need to do X, Y, Z to get there. But then you also have in the background, like, the larger corporations goals of like, you need to do this much dollars per month. So you kind of have to feed in to that as well. So, I mean, it's good though, but it is a very tough job. Like any management job, like mad respect to managers out there because it is like one of the hardest jobs I've done in my life is both times I've, I've done it. I did it for good life fitness. I did it for fitness world, but it is, uh, it's not for everyone. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of time and energy goes into it. No kidding, man. No kidding. Do you find that you're working more hours, less hours now that you're doing your own thing? Oh, I would say it's comparable. Uh, but, like, I'm enjoying my time more now because I have more freedom of, like, you know, if I want to take a break in the middle of the day, I can do that. Uh, whereas before, I was pretty locked down where it's, like, if I want to train clients, I have to do that in the morning or in the evening business hours I'm managing so I have to be around the gym something happens somebody needs help or I'm training a new trainer so I was really tied to like being in the gym like 12 hours a day uh, and there's not really any leniency of like oh you can like you know I'm not going to go home and then like come back right so uh, even though I lived only about 20 minute walk away from the gym but now it's like part of my business is online, part of it's in person. I have a lot more flexibility with my own schedule. But at the same time, like I still am working a lot, but it's something that I'm building for myself. My success is is based off of my effort that I put in. Um, and my income isn't tied to the performance of, you know, 
other people for the time being. I mean, I do have plans to eventually, you know, grow my business and expand, but uh, that's going to be, you know, a little ways down the road for me. So that's sick. Do you, did you have like, um, any like fears or anything like that? Like when you're like, okay, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to start working on my own. Like, were, were you like kind of like hesitant or like anxious about that at all? No, I, so I've done that before. Like I ran in my business in Victoria as well. And it was, so I'll, I'll kind of give you some backstory to this because I was running my own business in Victoria. Um, I had gone through like a breakup, like a pretty significant one. I had been with my ex for like six years, wanted to switch cities and uh, starting a new, a new business in a new city is like a big feat because I don't really have a network out here. I don't know, I know people out here, but I didn't know that many people, right? So I was like, I knew I wanted to move to Vancouver, but it was all kind of like up in the air. I was like, oh, maybe June, I'll do it of like 2021. Mm -hmm. And then someone had caught wind basically that I wanted to move to Vancouver. I got a phone call um, and he was like, hey, do you want to come manage like our flagship location, downtown Vancouver for Fitness World? And I was like, I'll come check it out and see. But it basically ended up being a really good opportunity because with COVID and all that other stuff happening, uh, it was like salary. It was fairly cushy. I got to meet a ton of people. I got to network. So it was a really good spot for me to be the first year in Vancouver before launching my business. But then when I actually felt comfortable and like I knew enough people and I kind of knew the lay of the land, like what gyms were good, where I wanted to work, that's when I jumped off and started my own thing. So I, I would say it's like I've always been planning to do it, but it was it was like a year in the making type of thing because I wasn't just going to come in to Vancouver, like dry and try to start a business because it would it would have been way harder, right? Yeah. So you gotta spit on it first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you gotta you gotta work it up, right? So I love that. But yeah, that's kind of like I came to Vancouver last year, April, and I've been living here since then. And uh, yeah, honestly, great switch up from Victoria. Like Victoria is nice, really laid back. Like you know, as soon as you go to the island, you kind of just feel your st your stress melt away. Yeah. But it's small. There's limited opportunity out there. There's way more people out here, and you know, my whole family's out here too. So it was a, it was a good move overall. I'm pretty happy with it. Unreal. And um, you went to the island then for like university, right? I did. Yeah, yeah. I went out there. I actually had like a a rugby scholarship for my first year of university. I didn't actually end up playing for that long for UVic because I had a bunch of like I had a really bad neck and shoulder injury that just wouldn't let up. Um, so I ended up stopping playing rugby. Uh, did two years of uni, but dropped out. So I never actually finished university. And I mean, it was kind of one of those things where like you go when you're like 17, 18. Yeah. You don't really know what you want to do. And you go because it's the thing to do. And then, you know, you spend a bunch of money that you didn't want to spend. <laughs> but I would say the benefit for me for university was like, I didn't really learn anything there. But I made a ton of friendships and I made a ton of connections. And uh, I guess once again, it was one of those opportunities to learn what you don't want to do. Yeah. Because um, I was like, I don't know why I'm doing economics. Like, I mean, sure, like, it sounds it, it, cool. it, it's interesting. And yeah. like, but do I want to work in finance? Do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? It's like, and I just really hated it. So at the end of the day, I ended up, yeah, leaving that to pursue something that I actually like doing. That's so, sick. Yeah. When, like, when you got your rugby scholarship, where were you playing? At the time, I, well, I, I played for basically 
I played for uh, in Abbotsford at Yale Secondary School, and I played club rugby. So I would play for uh, the Fraser Valley team and like the PRCs. Mm-hmm. Um, then got picked up one year. I think this was like U18 um, to play Team BC. Um, but yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't like a, a massive scholarship. I think it was like seven grand or something. But it still covers the better part of your first year. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that was that was decent. Um, but then after that, like literally, my body was just mangled from, right. from rugby. I had a bunch of stuff going on where it was like I was in constant pain, like my neck, my shoulder, my hips. Um, I'd only luckily had one bad concussion. Um, I know guys that have had a lot worse. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so just ended up kind of switching gears at that point, and I got way more into just working out because I eventually competed in powerlifting after as well. That's kind of what I Fuck yeah. switched into. So That's wicked, man. Yeah. Dude, how many people do you know that just live in constant pain like you're talking about? Like when I worked at the gym, that so was many. Like the most people that came in, they're like, oh, I can't work out. I'm like, why? They're like, oh, I have back pain. I have neck pain. I have like my, my <coughs> fucking sciatica flares up like they, there's so many different things every that you hear like about. everybody and the older you get like i would say the demographic of people that i work with is like over 25 under 50 but like working professionals most people have something right most people have something that bugs them all the time and especially with the way people live their lives nowadays it's like very sessile very like sitting at a 90 degree angle all day their hips are tight their back is tight their neck hurts they're looking down at their phone all day right like it's everyone's got something and if you don't work to offset that it's just going to get worse and worse and worse Mm -hmm. so it's like that's what i tell my younger people it's like if you're in your 20s it's like beautiful this is the time start working on those mobility skills start strengthening your body up because there is a point where it starts to just deteriorate especially if you're not working on it and it becomes much, much harder later on to get some of that stuff back. Yeah. Right? So, dude, even like buddies of mine that are in their like 20s, they're like, oh, I can't, like my hips are fucked, or oh, I can't because yeah. my back is sore or whatever. Like, yeah, that's, that's bullshit, man. I mean, that's just like an excuse at the end of the day. Like, you can do something. Um, and I mean, if you're in that much pain, like go to a physio, go get it checked out. They'll give you some exercises to do. Um, I mean, I do have my corrective exercise as well, but like, I would always, if someone's in serious pain, refer out to like a physio or a kinesiologist, have somebody actually do some manual therapy on them and give them a bit of a game plan. And then once they feel like well enough to actually move and come into the gym, then that's usually when they would come to me. But yeah, yeah man, it's everyone, everyone's got something. And you know, that's why they say uh, sitting is the new smoking, right? It's like, it's fucking everybody up. We weren't, we weren't meant to sit down all day. We weren't meant to you know, sit in a car on the way to work, sit at a desk for eight hours, sit in the car on the way home, and then sit in front of Netflix for three hours and go to bed. Yeah. That's not how we're meant to live our lives. Yeah, yeah. I've heard somewhere, I can't remember where I heard this, that we weren't even, like, our bodies weren't even really designed to sit. No. We were, like, designed to, like, either lay down or stand up. Or squat. Yeah, to take a shit, I guess. Like, the classic, like, you know, you look at anybody from, you know, Asian culture they all squat to do a bunch of stuff, to smoke, to eat, to whatever. That is a natural position for humans to go into. Like if you were to go low to the ground and rest, that should actually be your rest position. Sitting in a 90 degree angle is not a rest position for for people. What about the people that are like, oh, I can't squat, it's not comfortable? Well, it's not comfortable because you don't do it on a regular basis, right? right? It's not comfortable because we've been 
from a young age, seated in school for eight hours a day, seated at 90 degree angle for eight hours a day. Like, we just don't practice it. Whereas if we had kept up with those skills throughout our entire childhood, it wouldn't be an issue. What about seated? Like, remember when you're a kid and you sit like with your legs crossed? I think like that's in fine. School? Yeah, I think that's not an issue. That's technically like a yoga position. It's yeah. A, it's, a, it's a hip stretch, right? Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't have any issues with like people sitting on the ground that way. I think that's actually probably pretty normal for human beings to do. Like humans would have sat on the ground that in that fashion for at least short periods of time. Yeah. Right? Yeah, one of the things that I've been working on like recently cuz my um I went through my own kind of like fitness journey through like playing I grew up playing rugby and hockey mm. and then uh I did some bodybuilding which was like nice. the opposite of powerlifting is like I did oh, yeah. we've all we've all done our little <laughs> bodybuilding stints. I never competed but like that's how I, that's how everyone starts, right? Yeah. It's like yeah, I just got I got so injured that I was like my my shoulders were jacked up and I was like I literally I couldn't do really anything over my head like i could push like at a 90 degree i couldn't push over my head because my shoulders were mangled and um so i was like okay well then if i can't do performance i'm not going to train or try like i was like i'm just going to try and get the aesthetic and then i like um well basically like once the pandemic hit and like gyms got shut down i was like fuck i guess like that's pretty much over for me (laughs) like i have like some dumbbells and a bench here i get like my home workouts in. i got some bands as well and um i can't remember why i started talking about this oh and then i got into doing like martial arts like doing jujitsu and mm-hmm. that was like that became my fitness and then oh yeah and then i noticed i was like man if i get more flexible this will be an easier sport for me so i started oh, doing sure. yoga and when i first started dude I, there's a pose uh, i think it's called hero's pose Okay. Where you basically just sit on your ankles, like you're like sitting on your yeah, knees. Like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, you basically are on your knees yeah. and you're sitting on your on your heels. Yeah. Dude, so when I first started, I had to use both those pillows on the couch and then the one I'm sitting mm-hmm. on as well as like a wedge in between my yeah. ankles and my ass. I know like exactly what you're talking my about. My quads were so tight and it would hurt my calves too. Mm-hmm. And um hundred percent. Dude, over the over the last like year and a half uh that's become the most comfortable way for me to sit now it's just yeah. sitting on my knees like that like there's no assistance needed anymore like i work in construction i do renovations and like mm-hmm. anytime i'm working on the ground like doing baseboard or working on an outlet or anything yeah. like that that's the most comfortable way to sit now there you go man that's awesome i i had a similar thing during covid like i was prepping for a powerlifting meet i i remember this clear as day i was like a week away from the meet like one week away I was peaking and I remember I went to the gym and uh, I was still working at the gym at the time. And this guy comes in he's like, Oh man, this place is going to be shut down in a week. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, COVID man, it's going to rip through. Like, I was like, that's bullshit. I don't believe you. Yeah. I was like, get out of here. And lo and behold, that weekend got a text from manager of the gym being like, Hey, uh, gym's closed as of Monday. Don't, don't come in yeah and i was like damn okay you're like am i still and, getting paid what the fuck? yeah and th- well and then basically the after that like I had to kind of rework everything so i was doing my business outside like doing workouts at the park with people video calls zoom calls but then they basically were still gonna maybe try to run the powerlifting meet right up until like a week before 
And then they're like, yeah, no, it's it's done. And I couldn't train for it either way. I didn't have barbells. I didn't have anything that I could use. I had kettlebells at home. That was about it. Um, but yeah, I just completely switched what I was doing, started doing a bunch of yoga. I was like, well, I'm just going to 360 this and I'm pretty tight from powerlifting. Let's just do a bunch of yoga. And I literally did yoga for like two months straight, got super flexible. Yeah, it, it was really fun. I need to actually like, I go through these phases of like trying different things out. I still do a little bit of yoga, but not as like intensely as I did before. Um, cause I also ended up getting into doing, um, I did boxing before, but now I do Muay Thai and gangster. Yeah. I've never done jujitsu. It's definitely on my list, but that's, uh, yeah, something for me as well where I'd be like, I'd be worried about like injuring my neck or my shoulders or something like that, right? That's why I'm scared to do Muay Thai, man. I've, I'm one of those guys that's had like multiple concussions, like, mm, yeah, like pretty bad. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, dude, especially as well with like how my nose surgery went and how everything went. Yeah. I'm like, man, I don't want to fucking break my nose again and I don't want to have another concussion. That's why I chose jujitsu when I was like, okay, I need to find something else like where I'm not going to get punched or kicked. Like, I've done a few uh, yeah, kickboxing classes, but uh, dude, my nose bleeds so easy. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's ridiculous. Nobody punch me in the face, please. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. That's yeah. That's why I started getting into it, and I just had a lot of friends that did it as well. So hundred percent, yeah. It's I mean I I definitely see the benefit of it though, and it definitely is another. Le- I've done jujitsu classes before in the past. Um, yeah, yeah, no worries. Yeah, I've done jujitsu classes in the past, but um, never like done it consistently. It's more been like my buddy's been teaching, and I went and dropped in and did like a class, and like just got choked out like twenty times, and I was like, well, that was interesting, and. <laughs> didn't yeah. go back but it is a huge it's a different type of workout because you're literally going all out for the time that you're like with that person because you're trying not to get choked out and you're trying to think about like okay where's my body what am i doing but yeah it definitely be be something in the future that i probably want to get into but yeah for right now just more focused on the kickboxing and stuff but that's yeah what's your experience been with with it um, well, with jujitsu, there's two lessons that I kind of learned. Like I've only, um, I'm still a white belt man, so I'm pretty fresh. Like I've been doing it for about a year and then I did have a hiatus cause of my surgery and my nose. Like I haven't gone back to classes yet, but yeah. my last class was like end of July. Um, I've done like one competition. So I've had like, I guess four actual like matches, Yeah. but, um, yeah over the last year and a bit i guess the the two main things that i take away from jujitsu that like actually have impacted my life a lot are kind of like what you're saying like when you first start like you're going all out the entire time like there's Mm -hmm. no like there's no like uh i remember like my first like probably six months of doing it every night i'd come home and like my biceps would be like locked like they'd be so tight from just either like holding someone in or like my triceps would be locked up from like pushing away and framing because when you first start you're like i have to be working all out the entire time and yeah the biggest lesson was like learning to control your energy of like when to exert when Mm. to relax when to kind of like uh be conservative with your output and just like kind of let someone else's effort work against them almost okay yeah and like to yeah like to to be able to know like the the grand scheme of things like to be able to know essentially when your efforts are going to give you results Mm. so like like it's like a beautiful metaphor for me like in life because it's like 
you know, there's certain things where like you just can't push through. Like it, yeah. like like recently with my nose surgery, like it's like there's no amount of effort I can put in to make this recover faster. Like it's like wait, relax, have a good blood flow. Like don't stop moving. Like let mm. your body heal. Like there's some things in life that you just can't push through. Yeah, and so it just kind of taught me that lesson. And then the other one was tap early and tap often, man. Because I, I did you know, getting injuries fucking sucks. So yeah, like, I tap early. There's so many times where like someone will have like an arm bar setting in, and I'm like tapping here because I'm like I don't want you to straighten my arm, twerk my shoulder. Like no, I want to come yeah, to training that, tomorrow. Yeah, man. that that's like that's for me. That would be my biggest thing. Is like I wouldn't want to. I could see myself getting very like competitive in it. There's the and, ego. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, but at the same time, yeah, like it's and it's similar with any sort of martial arts. Like even if you're boxing or kickboxing, it's like in the beginning you're like trying to every punch is a power punch. It's like no, no, no. Like you know, you want to set up with the jabs. You can go a little lighter on some of them because not every punch is a knockout punch. Some yeah. some punches are like set up, or some kicks are set up for something bigger coming later, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like conserving your energy for like those bigger shots or even just defense, right? Like because you know you don't know if things could turn around really quick on you, right? So. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, definitely been definitely been really really cool because I like always knew I wanted to get into like a martial art. Um, but there was one year I was just like, I think I was like waiting for like a New Year's resolution actually one mm-hmm. year, and I was like, why am I waiting? Like, why am I gonna wait till January to do this? It was like October or something. I was like, I'm gonna go to a boxing gym tomorrow. I'm just signing up. Like, fuck it. And I remember I had my nose pierced at the time, and. Uh, like Brian Caldwell, if he's watching this, um, he shout outs to Brian. Shout outs to Brian, man. Yeah, he's a beauty. He's like pretty. He was like the three times like heavyweight Golden Gloves champ of Canada. Jesus Christ. He was on the Olympic team. Really good boxer. Um, but I remember he was teaching the 6:30 a.m. morning classes, and that was the class I wanted to do. I was like, I had to get it in before work. And I remember I came in. And he's like, yeah, you can come to this class today, but, like, your nose ring, it's got to be out tomorrow. He's like, you're not coming in here with that nose ring. Yeah. And I was like, sure thing, man. Like, Did you know him at the time? I knew him a little bit. Barely, though. And I was like, if that's what it takes, like, fuck, sure, whatever. I was like, I didn't care too much, and I did want to have, like, a real go at it. And so, you know, to me... Like, the nose ring looked cool, but I was like, I'd rather be in martial arts. And, like, if it's something that I'm always going to have to take in and out, mm-hmm. like, fuck, I'm just going to take it out. So, yeah. Dude, I had the exact funny... same. I had <laughs> literally the exact same experience. If you look yeah. at pictures of me from, like, say, like, 2017, 2018, when I still, like, just worked in the gym and I was bodybuilding, dude, I was, like, that metalhead, punk ass. Like, I had, like, my eyebrow pierced, my nose pierced, my lip pierced. I had, like, nine earrings in each ear. Like, mm. I was, like, all about that, like, heavy metal lifestyle. And There you go. And um, I just slowly, like, started taking them out and to the point where I was, like, I just had my nose ring and, like, a bunch of piercings in my ears. Mm-hmm. And then once I started jujitsu, I was, like... I'm really tired of fucking taking all of these out every single day uh, and then putting yeah. them back in. Now I literally, I don't wear any jewelry or anything because mm-hmm. now it's like, yeah, I just don't want to fucking deal with the hassle of it. Yeah. I, I had my ears pierced before too. I had my ears pierced and my nose pierced. That's kind of as far as I took it. Um, I was a heavy metal dick, man. Yeah. That, <laughs> hey, fair man. I mean, and like piercings are cool. Like you can, like I, I love the look of them sometimes, but 
Yeah, it, it is that thing where it's like if you're being really active and like sweating a lot or doing physical stuff a lot, it's they're not really ideal um, because they're gonna get caught in something or they're gonna get dirty. Like it's just, yeah, it is what it is, right? But yeah. What were you we talking before this? I have no idea. Boxing, we like martial arts. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, I I was gonna ask you actually, like with um with getting into fitness, like because you've obviously been in fitness your whole life. Like why, like why do you think you've always been drawn towards something like that? Like, because I've I've always had like different stages in my life mm, where like I can yeah, I, I can, play a shit ton of video games or like I, I can just, tell you for sure yeah yeah. yeah yeah yeah. So like a big part of it for me is like I wasn't always fit, right? Like I when I was younger, my my parents weren't the type of people to like force me to do anything, and I was active. Like I was out on my bike all day. I was playing with you know other kids in the neighborhood. We had like a trampoline in our backyard. We had like one of those like blow up pools in the summertime like we had a dog to run around with like i was very active i pl always played some sort of a sport like either like baseball volleyball hockey whatever it was when i was younger and uh but i was still really overweight um for whatever reason and it could have been metabolism I, my diet probably wasn't perfect either but i have a big family right i have two younger brothers a younger sister um you know pretty middle-class family my parents were working a lot so I, I remember sometimes literally like for dinner we just have to kind of fend for ourselves and mm -hmm. like bowl of honey nut cheerios or whatever it was yeah it is what it is but like anyways my brothers were both like pretty lean but if you look at older pictures of me i was always heavier like significantly heavier mm -hmm. um and it just got to the point where i was like fuck i'm sick of this shit man like i want to make a change so i went to my dad and was like you need to like train me um started off three days a week this is when i'm like 13 right 13 or 14 started playing rugby at that time too um i was super addicted to video games growing up man like me and my brothers would literally like fight over like who got to get to the computer first or like because we didn't have a game console at first but we, pl we had a computer so we played a fuckload of runescape fuck yeah like world of warcraft all that kind of stuff man and like yeah, I was super addicted, played that stuff all the time. Any of my spare time was like video games, basically. Um, I don't play any nowadays. Zero. Yeah. I yeah. just, I have no room for it. And like, I don't, I know how addictive it is. And like, I know that I have addictive tendencies to towards things. So I'm just like, I just can't go there, right? I just, yeah, I'll like get too into it. And yeah, but I'm... Where was I going with that? So anyways, I ended up getting like really fit from the time I was like 13 to the time I was like at the end of grade 12. Um, you know, I obviously went like I was playing rugby at a pretty high level, um, had like completely changed my body. I was like, you know, 10% body fat then and like Damn. looked really, really good. Um, so I, I, fucking low, man. I saw For like an athlete too. I saw the difference, maybe not like 10%. I don't know my exact body fat percentage, but like. Like, if you were to look at my arms, they were, like... Lean and They mean, were shredded, yeah. yeah. Um, and I had some visible abs and stuff like that. But it was, like, at that point, like, you kind of saw, it's okay, I spent, like, this many years kind of working on myself, and, like, it changed my life, right? Like, I definitely know that this is like that for a lot of kids. And I think it's getting worse now, but with the diet and everything kids have, like, there's a lot of obese kids. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of overweight kids these days. And you know that those guys don't feel good about themselves. Like, you know, they're just, they're not feeling confident. And like, yeah, there's, it's so much of that. So like, it definitely changes how you feel about yourself. It changes like, like, hey, I can accomplish something. I can do this. And I guess that's like really where it stems from for me is like, I want to do that for other people because 
that shit doesn't stop when you're just a kid. It's like there's tons of adults now that like they start, they go out of school, they stop playing sports or not doing anything for activity anymore. They hate, they hate how they look in the mirror. They don't like their bodies, right? They feel unfit. They get gas going up the stairs. Everything's in pain, like we talked about before. And it's yeah. like, if I can help people alleviate even a bit of that or change themselves in some way, then like, that's kind of like what I enjoy doing. Why what I do because, you know, it is it is as cliche as it sounds. You are helping people change their life, right? That's what yeah. you're doing. So yeah, it's a lifestyle change at the end of the day. I love that, man. I love that, and I I I like how you were talking about as well, like um. You know, even as a kid, like you're moving around a lot and you're active, you're super active, like doing all the things that like a kid should be doing. But like you're still holding like that overweight, like kind of body fat. Like I resonate with that a lot. That was like pretty much my same experience. Like I was, I would say like definitely a late bloomer in terms of mm. fitness. Like I grew up kind of like awkward. Like I was on every sports team that I could be on. But yeah. I wasn't that awesome at them. Mm. And um Dude, I was such an overeater, dude. Like, I get home from high... Like, I remember in high school, me and, like, one of my best buddies, we'd get home and just, like, raid my parents' pantry <laughs> and have, like, fucking Lucky Charms and Fruit Loops and shit. And we'd yeah, just man. fucking eat and eat and eat. Oh, like, man, I have... Yeah. Dirty fucking food, man. And yeah. then, um, yeah, I was always fucking big. Like, I remember there was, like... I think, like, right after high school maybe a year or two after me and my buddy we drove to calgary for the stampede mm -hmm. and it's fucking hot there and so like i'm like walking around with my shirt off and someone fucking yells hey nips and i'm like fuck man i'm yeah. such a fat fucking loser like i remember literally thinking that like i was like what yeah, a man. fucking idiot i look like man like put my shirt right back on and i just fucking cowered away i was like fuck yeah and that's the <laughs> Hey nips. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, like as funny as it is, it's also not funny. But like, it's there, there, there's there's that funny, there's that man. David Goggins quote where he's like, "Fuck, man!" Like, you know, someone calls you fat, maybe you are fat, which is why I think it's like, with all this like PC stuff happening, it's like, yeah, bullying is bad in a sense, but sometimes people need to fucking hear it, mm -hmm. right? Like, it's sometimes it's not okay. Like, it's not okay that you're fat as fuck. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, at like. You know, maybe you have other stuff going on in your life. Maybe there's like a, a trauma or a reason that that's happening. But either way, it's like you need to deal with that and you need to figure it out because it's not healthy and it's not good for you, right? So at the end of the day, like I and I have that had that happen. Like I've been bullied and it was to the point of I was like, fuck this shit. Like I need to make a change, mm -hmm. right? So it, sometimes it's like bad, but sometimes I think it can light a fire into your ass to make, make shit happen, right? So... I dude, I still even like cause I, I had that same reaction. Like I was like, Man, this is the last summer I spend like this. Like I, I fucking hate this. And even this summer, like in the last month, I feel like I've been slacking so much because mm -hmm. like I said, I had to recover from surgery. Like Yeah, and, and um I remember thinking like, Fuck man, I don't want anyone to call me that again. Like it fucking no. burned me in my soul, <laughs> yeah. dude. Like it fucking hurts so bad. It's a dagger, yeah. Dude. And um Dude, I remember, like, even, like, I never even had, I don't think I, I had, like, any visible abs until I did compete. I was, mm. like, 20 years old. And when I first started getting abs, I had, like, this weird body dysmorphia where I didn't even believe it. Like, I would, like, yeah. look in the mirror and be like, I'm still fat. And uh, when I looked, it wasn't until I looked at pictures of me on stage and I was like, holy shit, like. Yeah. I was chiseled. Like, what the fuck? Like, it like a, a thing clicked in my head where I was like, 
this was possible for me. I never even thought this was possible. Like yeah. I had been fat my whole life, like not fat, but I was like husky, you know, like I was like yeah. a bigger kid. Like I graduated high school, like 30 pounds heavier than I am now. Wow. And yeah. dude, like, so I was like, I had the titties that that fucking person was calling me out for, you know? Like, <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah, dude, the first time I saw myself with abs, I was like, holy fuck, dude, I did it. Like I never thought that would be achievable for me. Yeah, man, and I fucking did it. That's crazy. Yeah, that's that's been that's super cool, right? Like it's something that you thought you couldn't do and then you did it. But I mean, at the end of the day, like there's more people out there I think that have that same story than we know or that we I, we we do know. We do know how many people are there are with that story and it's only getting worse with the types of foods everyone's eating these days. I mean, there has been a huge push for like obviously healthier eating and you know, everything else, but like the majority of people are not right. The majority of people are not really like focusing on eating healthy and, you know, doing the best they can to like fuel themselves with like whole foods, et cetera. It's like, they're just eating kind of whatever they feel like eating that day. And it's not really a conscious thought. It's like, Oh, I'm just going to go over here and get this, or I'm just gonna go get this. And then it adds up and adds up and adds up. Right. So What's uh, like, what's your idea? Like for someone that's listening and they, they maybe, um, I mean, everyone has their own ideas oh, and for like, sure. I, I, I was going to say like, what's like kind of your idea of like how human beings should eat like a man or woman? Like it doesn't really matter. Like yeah. anyone in okay. specific, like for sure. I, I can definitely get into this. What's a healthy diet? Well, a healthy diet is at the end of the day, what I preach is balance, a hundred percent balance. Like if you look at vegan, carnivore, keto, I would classify those as extremist diets. Okay. And yes, for some people, maybe those work, maybe they don't. Nine times out of 10, I think the initial, you know, results they see from that is because they're cutting out a food group and they're going to be in a caloric deficit because of that. Right. So, and like you can definitely use like, you know, some of those strategies to your advantage, but at the end of the day, like humans are omnivorous that's like just a fact um we need to eat meat i think that vegetables are really really good too because they have micronutrients and they're good for digestion um and you know carbohydrates are our main source of energy unless you are in ketosis which i would say nine times out of ten when people go keto they're like oh, i'm on dirty keto or i'm doing this or that it's like you're not on keto then like it's mm -hmm. you know what i mean like so I, I preach balance and it's actually technically dangerous unless you're a dietitian or somebody that has like a medical reason to put somebody on one of those diets. You're not supposed to tell anybody to go vegan. You're not supposed to tell anybody to go carnivore. You're not supposed to tell anybody to go on keto because what if they die or like what if they have a really adverse reaction because they cut out a bunch of food. Now they're nutrient deficient, right? So for me, what I usually tell people is like, you know, we're going to have like carbohydrate base and I'm a big proprietor of white rice. Um, I kind of use some of like Stan Efferding's like vertical diet principles where you're okay. trying to get as many micronutrients as possible from whole foods. Um, so, you know, you want to have some vegetables, but you know, for a lot of those vegetables, I try to stick to like low FODMAP vegetables, things that are not going to bloat you or be hard on your digestion. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, uh, an array of meats, obviously, you know, like red meat is obviously going to be the most nutrient dense type of meat. Uh, but I think it's good to have an array. So like, you know, fish a couple times a week, 
red meat. I do like chicken as well because it just it tastes good. It might not have as much nutrients as red meat, but overall it's good. Um, so that's kind of what I preach is like a balanced diet. And yeah, you know, you can fluctuate the amount of fats or the amount of carbs depending on somebody's goal. Um, protein should always stay high. Protein is, is key. And I think that's the main thing for a lot of people. Like when I get people to journal their food in the beginning, most people are low protein. Most mm -hmm. people are not getting enough protein in a day. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be a huge factor when it comes to either gaining muscle or losing body fat is like keeping your protein at a good level. Right. So yeah, but it's nothing, it's not rocket science. That's not what I teach people. It's like, there's the basics. I'm sure you've heard it a 110 times. But just because it's basic and simple doesn't mean it's easy because it's like, all right, well, this is the formula. It's basic. Are you doing it, though? Mm -hmm. No, you're not. <laughs> so, like, let's just go back to the basic formula and do it, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, yeah, people want to make it way more complex than it really is, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, it's like weight loss and fat loss is not a complex, like, equation, unless they have something more happening, like maybe like a hormonal issue or like some sort of a health issue. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's energy in versus energy out. It's all body fat is, is extra energy that's put on your body because you didn't burn it, right? Yeah. So. I, I like that, man. I can get behind what you said. I, I tried the, well, I, I'd say, yeah, I tried the carnivore for oh, quite nice. a while. How'd like, it go? Um. Pretty decently, actually. I had a funny relationship with food, actually. Like I said, um, mm -hmm. as, like, a kid growing up, I just ate anything I wanted. It didn't fucking matter ever. Yeah. Probably overate a lot of the times. So, oh, yeah. And I'm, I right, was, I'm right there with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was definitely, like, protein deficient. Like, I was eating mm. lots of fucking sugar, lots of fucking... And not even, like, good kinds of sugar, man. Like, it was pretty bad. Like, we're talking, like... I'd have, like, three bowls of cereal in the morning, a box of KD when I get home kind of thing. Like... I was like, man, fuck. But um, you were, um, when you're a kid, you're like, man, fuck yeah, yeah, let's go. yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then um, I was living was, the life, dude. It was fucking wicked, yeah. And uh, <laughs> um, oh and then I'm trying to remember what age. Okay, so there was like a couple times where, like, I remember when I was like ten, I um went camping with a couple of buddies. Yeah. And then um, it was like actually like one of my buddies. It's my roommate. And then his two brothers, and then me, and then I don't think my sisters came, and then our dads. So it was like four or five boys, and then like our dads mm -hmm. sitting around a campfire one night, passing around like bags of cashews or whatever, like just eating fucking snacks. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, I don't think I've even had one before. Like, I try it. And then instantly, like, I don't know if you know, like, uh, you know, it's, it's like a lot of people, like, sometimes, like, they, they eat pineapple and their mouth gets kind of itchy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I start getting, like, something like that, right? And I'm mm. like, I had, like, a cashew or two, and then, like, my mouth gets kind of itchy, and I oh, never no. thought anything about yeah, it, because yeah. I was like, oh, it's just one of those foods that makes your mouth itchy. Like, that's just what it is. And then, like, my stomach starts getting fucked, and then, like, I'm, like, getting, like, weirdly lightheaded, like, my tongue's swelling. But oh, my I'm, like, God. I'm, like, one of those kids, and, like, I still am like this to this day. Where, like, if I feel off or something feels weird, I'm just silent about it. Like, I'm yeah, like oh, I don't yeah. want anyone to think I'm weird. So I'm like, yo, I'm kind of tired. Like, I'm going to go lay down. I just go to my tent and I just, like, take a nap, basically. Mm. And I ended up, like, sleeping it off. And then, um, and then my first year of college, I was, like, 18, and I had, like, a bag of peanuts 
that I didn't know also had cashews in them. So mm. I've never had an issue with peanuts. Yeah. When I'm eating this bag. I'm like, I've never had this feeling with peanuts before, but it's like the same kind of feeling. My throat's getting itchy. My tongue's getting itchy. And um, so I'm like, I'm definitely allergic to some certain nuts. So yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, I go to an allergist. This is going to be, I'm trying to make a long story short. No, no, no. I'm not no, doing no. good at this. Totally fine. No, but, we, need uh, the, we need the backstory, man. Yeah. We need the backstory. I go to an allergist. And they're like, yeah, you're definitely allergic to cashews. Like, don't fucking eat them anymore. Mm. I do one of those, like, barbaric tests. I don't know if you've ever done an allergy test before. I personally haven't. I've had clients do them, though. Um, I, I've never had an issue with some certain foods, as far as I know. I do want to take one, though. I do want to do one. but You should. You yeah. should. Because there's, there's environmental allergies that they test for as well. Yeah. So, like, um, basically what happens is they take, like, a... a board like a two by four basically with mm. a bunch of fucking needles on it yeah and they stick it on your arm they dip it in oil i think is the the pro i can't remember if they do the oil first or the needles but they basically put a bunch of dots on you and then they lay this board on with needles that prick your skin mm -hmm. so that the allergen whatever they're testing for yeah will get into your blood mm -hmm. system and then different areas of your arm swell and then based off of, like, which areas swelled, they can tell what you're allergic to. Mm -hmm. And basically, my whole arm flared up. Like, they're like, holy shit, you have all these allergies. And I'm like, I've been eating these things all the time. And then he goes on to explain, like, oh, when you're young, you have these, like, hormones, like histamines and everything that fight against your allergies. So, like, you're probably fine eating them right now. But if you continue to eat them, like, they're going to fuck you up later on in life because wow. the, the hormone will slowly yeah. die down. And so I get told, basically, like... I'm allergic to red meat. Um, I was allergic wow. to dairy. I was allergic to a bunch of different random shit, like raw celery, raw carrots, uh, cashews, obviously, mm -hmm. um, all these different things. So this is when I'm like 18, 19. Yeah. So I cut out raw, or I cut out all these different things, like red meat and dairy specifically, and obviously nuts. And my diet was consisting of like, Lots of fucking carbs, like still like rice. This is like when I get into bodybuilding. So it's like mm -hmm. lots of broccoli, yeah. lots of rice, lots of chicken, like mustard on everything. Like I'm just eating pretty much nothing else, like no nutrient variants at all. Yeah. Like just chicken, rice, broccoli, fish. The classics. Yeah. yeah. And um, still like never fucking proper bowel movements, never fucking any like... Mm. I had like dips of fucking energy all the time. Like I was bloated for years and just considered it normal. Yeah. And uh, I started talking to my buddy about like carnivore diet. And I'm like, but I'm allergic to red meat. And he's like, when was the last time you had it? And I was like, fucking years ago. And then he's like, okay, well, like try and slowly reintroduce it to your body. See what happens. And I was like, okay. So then I, I start getting, I'm like, I'm going to get only grass fed, grass finished steaks. Like, Basically, yep. like, if I'm going to get red meat, I'm getting the highest the quality I can find. Yeah. yeah. And I slowly start switching to, like, integrating it into my diet. Like, I was like, oh, I'll have steak for dinner once a week. And then it was like, okay, a couple times a week. And then, like, I started eating it more and more and more. And then I fully switched to, like, full-on carnivore. I call it carnivore. Well, I actually started with carnivore, where it was like, I just basically had, like, my meals consisted of, Eggs and eggs and steak in the morning. Mm, the best. And then ground... No, it wasn't even ground beef in the beginning. It was sliced steak yep. for lunch with uh, a little bit of butter melted on top. 
and then steak again for dinner. Mm-hmm. And then all like first week was pretty weird. Yeah. Just in terms of energy levels and bathroom yeah. breaks. I mean, I think anytime you start something new that your body's not used to, you're going to have, you know, that kind of period of like, oh, what's happening? Right? Yeah. And then after like about a month, I adjusted well. And so I started introducing fruits again. And then that was like, seemed to be optimal. Mm. Like I was like, if I eat fruits, I had eggs, like even starting to eat bacon and like ground beef at that time, like started mixing it up. Yeah. I, I would, um, yeah, that was pretty much where my diet was. Like it was like carnivore-ish. Like it was like fruits, dairy, and then eggs, and then meat. Yeah, I think I think that fruits are still carnivore. I mean, I've, you know, only follow a couple guys like Paul Saladino yeah. and uh, carnivore, carnivore, carnivore MD. Yeah, uh, he's he's a big fruit guy, right? Which is good because I'm like, I think you should have carbs as yeah. well. But uh, yeah, no, I've never I've never tried it out. Um, I thought about it. I've been on the cusp a few times. Just like, just try it, see what happens. Um, did try vegan once, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but yeah, not not for ethical reasons. I like watched one of those documentaries and I was like, I need to eat vegetables now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, felt like trash. Um, but. Yeah, no, definitely interesting. But I, I honestly feel best when I'm eating, like, white rice because it's super easy to digest. Yeah. Um, and, like, maybe a little bit of bread here and there, uh, but not, like, too much, not too many wheat products because that is definitely inflammatory for people too. Dude, that's what I was going to say because uh, when I switched, like, I was on my, like, strict carnivore-ish, uh, or I guess carnivore, whatever it was, but... um. I'd have, like, a cheat meal here and there. Because, obviously, yeah. when you're in a relationship, you grow or, like, your buddies or whatever, like, you, like you're, yeah, you, you want to you have you your cheat go meal for every a meal. now and then. Yeah, or go out to a restaurant or something, right? Like, I'd have, like, sushi, and I'd get fucked up by it. Yeah. Like, all the carbs, I would get fucked by it. Because mm-hmm. my body would be like, what the fuck is this? So, I was like, dude, if I want to be, like, sustainable, I don't know if I want to stick 100% to, like, carnivore-ish, but I'm going to adopt the principles in mm. terms of, like, not eating fucking processed sugar. Like, I don't want to eat fucking garbage, like, pasta or fucking bread, like you're saying, like, those things. But, like, yeah, like I just recently started introducing vegetables back in because I was, like, for a while, I was, like, fuck vegetables. Like, full-on fuck vegetables because they did... They, I like, like you were saying, like, uh, depends on the vegetable. I yeah, think. yeah. Like I ate so much broccoli for so long. Broccoli is one of those ones, man. It's like, it it's probably one does. of the worst ones for like digestive issues. Like for most people, it's going to cause bloating. It's going to cause digestive issues. The quantity really matters when it comes to broccoli though. So like if you're eating like a shit ton of broccoli, like, yeah, it's going to fuck you up. Yeah. Especially raw broccoli. Raw broccoli is terrible. Um, but it depends. Everyone's different. Right. I actually read. So super interesting book. Um, it's called the personalized diet. I read this probably two years ago now. Uh, they did a bunch of studies. Uh, it's based in Dubai, and it was a huge group of people. I think it was like 2,000 people or something. Like it's a really big group, and they had a 24-hour glucose monitor on these people for like several weeks, like two weeks, and they just got them to log every food that they ate. Didn't matter. They just eat their regular diet. And uh, but what they found was that like so like two people could eat a tomato. And somebody has, like, a crazy reaction to the tomato, and the other person has no reaction. People could eat bread. Some person has a crazy reaction, and the other person has no reaction. Mm. Somebody could eat a cookie and have no reaction, and the other person gets, like, a huge glucose spike, right? Yeah. 
So, and then I think that's the next wave is like every single person is different. Like you cannot say that there's one diet that fits everybody. Yeah. Because there's not. Like that's why some people are like, oh, I felt amazing on carnivore. I felt amazing doing this. It's like, yeah, that's you. Like not everybody's the same. Yeah. Microbiome, all this stuff that's coming out, everyone's got a different one. And like having a specific diet that's like curated to you, that's kind of the next wave I think that's going to be coming is like, yeah, you should go get allergy testing. You should get microbiome testing. You should do all this stuff if you want to really optimize your diet for you. Because, yeah, like you said, you were allergic to a bunch of shit you didn't even know you were allergic to. and But it's weird, too, because I eat a lot of red meat still, and it's like, I feel way better than I ever did. Oh, yeah, that's that one's questionable to me. I don't know. but hey. Definitely they were right about the nuts, because, like, oh, cashews sure. will fuck me up. But, yeah, I don't know if it was, like, an insensitivity or... What I chalk it up to as well is, like, I feel like my like my gut biome was so fucked yeah. at the time that they like I feel like I have different guts now. Like Oh, I bet. Yeah. It's probably completely changed. It it changes based off all the foods that you're eating, right? So especially if you eliminated a bunch of carbohydrates and all that kind of stuff, right? You're going to be eliminating specific bacteria that would potentially fuck your gut up. So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I feel better now. Like I had a steak for lunch. I feel fucking amazing. Like Oh, was, beauty. Yeah, dude. Um when um like when you have uh like different clients come and work with you like have you like you've obviously seen different success stories you've seen different things like what um kind of i guess is the differentiating factor between like someone that comes and say like they sign up with you and then like three four five six months go by maybe a year goes by they're not even close to their goal and then there's other people that come in and they're like achieving their goal faster than you thought like what's kind of like a differentiating factor between those two people um a lot of it's going to be like a the mindset that they have um not like limiting themselves and b is you know just like how ready they are to actually make that lifestyle change. So here's the thing, right? Like some people are like fully just ready to immerse themselves in it. A lot of people are saying they're ready, but they're not fully ready. And it takes a bit longer because like, let's say that you're living your life in a certain way for 10 years, right? 20 to 30, you've been li living a certain way. I'm literally asking you to change like a lot of things about your life. I'm asking you to change maybe your sleeping habits, right? Maybe I'm asking you to like, you know, move more on a daily basis, go for walks, you know, get in some extra cardio here and there, which you weren't doing before. I'm asking you to work out at the gym, right? Three to four days a week when you've been doing zero. Mm -hmm. So there's a bunch of hurdles to get people over. Like, even in the beginning, getting some people to go to the gym three days a week, four days a week is a struggle, right? Mm -hmm. Like if, say, they, they do two sessions a week with me, I would say most people, when they sign up with a trainer, they're going to end up doing two or three days a week. Unless there's a financial barrier, then maybe it's one day a week. Um, but like most people that are successful do two, two to three days a week because what we're really doing is we're building habits. We're building a brand new habit of like going to the gym on a regular basis, right? Because a lot of people, like, unless they're, like, weighing out every single meal and they're in the gym five, six days a week and going super hard for three months, that's where you're going to see those crazy transformations. But a lot of times those transformations, like, those people don't stick with it. 
because it's so hard and so fast that they'll like gain all that weight back afterwards and they won't commit to the lifestyle. Whereas if you do it a little more slowly, a little more progressively, and you actually like have those like, like you do slow baby steps over three months, their life's going to look very different at the end of three months than it did in the beginning. Maybe they've, you know, and realistically speaking, like if you're losing fat at like a safe clip, you're maybe losing a pound a week, mm -hmm. right? Um, more in the beginning, if you're heavier, you can definitely lose more, more quickly. But, um, I've actually just seen in the past where people do like these really hard three months, like I'm going to do a 12 week program. They like weigh everything out. They go super hard. They, you know, lose a bunch of weight. And then they're like, you know what? I did it. Like it's done. I don't want to live this way anymore though. I don't want to weigh any more meals. They go back to what they were doing before. They gain a bunch of weight back and they stop going to the gym again because it's just too hard. Right. Mm -hmm. So you literally need to make it so that it's a part of, you need to make them understand this is a part of your life now. Like, you do this every week for the rest of your life mm -hmm. in some capacity. Like m maybe it's not going to be, you know, the gym. Maybe you find another outlet like jujitsu or whatever else, but you need to have like several dedicated hours of activity every single week just to stay functional and to like keep your body in, in working order. Right. Yeah. And like, so that th there's a whole aspect there. Right. But I'd say the biggest thing is like, if they don't see like some sort of success in the first three months, that can be really discouraging for them. But at the same time, like if they didn't see any success, I would just basically come back to them and be like, Hey, we, we talked about this. We talked about this. We talked about this. Like, have you been doing this outside or have you been doing this? Have you been doing this? Right. Because at the end of the day, like if I do my job and I give them the blueprint, like I can only do so much. I'm only seeing them two or three hours a week, you know, I don't know the exact number of hours, it's like 160 or whatever hours a week that they have. So it's like that other 160 hours, that's what really matters, right? That, that's where the real change happens. It's like, what are you doing outside mm -hmm. of the gym? Like, you know, I told you to focus on this and this this week. Did you do it? No, like why not, right? Mm -hmm. um, and like it's overcoming those barriers for a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. It's At the end of the day, it's hard work. It's, yeah. It's like I, I never skirt around it with anybody. It's like what you want to do like to change your body is hard work. Yeah. That's end end of end of conversation. So it doesn't mean it can't be fun along the way and you can't like, you know, have a good time and like make it interesting and, you know, give them the variety so it's challenging, but like changing people's the way they eat, the way they move, all that kind of stuff is is tough work, so. Yeah. Yeah, it is tough work, man. I agree with you because um and there's so many different ways to go about it. Like I know like uh especially being in like kind of like the self-development space like like that's uh, like a lot of my instagram feed is all about that stuff and there's a lot of things that I, I see on there that kind of i agree with i disagree with one of the things that you said uh that was cool where you were like i'm pretty much asking you to just change a bunch of shit like you're going to the gym like even if you don't go at all you go in like two three times a week yeah. maybe four times a week mm -hmm. what do you think about like when people are like um like start incrementally and go like once a week or like start incrementally and go like five minutes a day like what what do you think yeah about? i mean like whatever is going to get you in the door right like if you showed up at the gym and did just cardio or something you know you went to the gym still maybe you didn't touch the weights but like you got in there you did some sort of movement right so i mean yeah there is always going to be i'm a big fan of incremental right most people when i start off with them i don't have them weighing their food i don't have them you know doing six workouts a week it's like okay let's 
try to get you into the gym for three days this week. Can you commit to that? Can you commit to doing three days? And like, yeah, it's going to be tough. Like you're going to have maybe a little bit of social anxiety or you're not going to feel comfortable going to the gym on your own. But like it's a it's a hurdle you have to overcome. And like it's going to be something that ends up being good for you, right? Um, but then as they start to progress, then things change, right? Like any program that I have somebody on, it's not going to be the same. Like month one and month three are very different. Month three and month six are very different because you've gotten stronger, you've got more mobile, you've got more fit. Maybe your food habits have changed substantially, right? I've had people like so recently um, that, you know, like I got them to journal their food. They're eating McDonald's and A&W every single day. They're drinking soda. Like there's like, you don't think that there's people out there that are like still eating this way, but there are lots of people. <laughs> right? There's lots of people that eat that way every single day. So I'm like, okay, man, the first step for you right now, it's like, let's just clean it up. Like, I'm not asking you to weigh out every single meal. It's like, let's just pick better options that are going to actually fuel your body and not have you feel like shit. And they're like, okay, Quiznos. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah. Dairy queen. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's not right. Um, No, but it's like, you know, and like a big thing for a lot of people is like, they do they can't cook their own food. They don't want to cook their own food. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. Find a meal prep service. It's comparable. Like if you're going to go to Tractor and pay 20 bucks for a bowl, or you're going to go to like a Poke Bowl place and pay 20 bucks for a bowl, go to like a food preparation place and pay like $13 for a pre-made meal. Or like, you know what I mean? Like, or just like have your options where it's like, you know, look at where you work. What are the options around you? You need to limit your options. If you need to go out for lunch, I'm going, here's option one, here's option two. That's it. And pick the healthiest things on the menu, mm-hmm. right? Because at the end of the day, it's all about like aligning them with their goal. It's like, okay, like you didn't do this this week or you didn't do this, but like your goal is this. Can you see how there's a disconnect there? Like why, like, why can't you make that jump, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so at the end of the day, if you always bring it back to their goal, then that's kind of kind of be the main driver. So that's why goal setting with clients is super important too, because if you don't have that, it's like, what are you working towards, right? But um, yeah, it's interesting, man. At the end of the day, like a lot of what trainers do is behavior change. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of what we do. It's getting people that have, you know, lifestyle habits that really don't support where they want to be and giving them the habits that they need to get where they want to be. Because at the end of the day, like going to the gym three, four days a week is great. It's going to build muscle. You're going to feel better. But like that true body change. And if you want to hold on to that for years, it comes with lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's water there, by the way. I noticed your water glass is empty. If you want to hydrate up. Oh, for sure. Don't feel like you have to. I just. Well, I might. To... I might pour a little water in this cup. You we'll might see. dabble. Yeah, yeah. You might dabble. Yeah. But um. can we take a can I go to the washroom as well? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no worries. Sure. Dude. Take a piss. Right, let's go for it. Okay. All right. We're on a break. We're back. We both pissed. We're good. Yeah, emptied the tank. Now we're going to fill it back up. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, I had one more question before we start going off mm. another topic. Um, have you had any clients that you take on where they just, like, uh, like, because, I, dude, I worked in the gym as well, and, like, yep. I did sales, and, like, I'd sell people memberships. That was my game. Like, I was all about just getting people to come in. Like you said, like, I was all about numbers. I was like, I'm going to enlist. Mm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. get this amount of enrollments this month because I got paid off of it. 
right? Like that was my goal. And there was always people I'd sign up and I'd be like, this person's never going to fucking use this membership. Yeah. Have well, you- okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I've seen both sides. I mean, I never worked in the membership sales side of things, but I saw that for sure where people are just like pushing the membership so hard. And then it, it actually, it kind of sucks because in the corporate gym setting, like the membership gets sold so hard that like they already have a bad taste in their mouth. Once they talk to a trainer, they're like, I don't want to get sold again. Right. Yeah. Um, it depends on the person selling it, obviously, but, uh, of course, yeah, there's like, I've fired clients in the past. I've like, you know, had clients that just like, it just doesn't work out. Right. Some people stick around for three months. Like my longest clients have trained for like three years. It just really depends, right? Have you had someone that just completely surprised you, though, where you're like, this person's never going to fucking do what I tell them, and then they end up being, like, a huge success story? Um, I would say, like... Or is it pretty self-evident in the beginning? It depends, man. It really depends. Like, I've had a couple clients, like, that maybe, like, started slow and then picked it up afterwards. Um, I wouldn't say there was any, like, sort of crazy, like comeback story like i've definitely helped a lot of people get get fit and like completely change their life but um yeah i'm trying to think specifically if there's been like one of those like people that i was like that this person's not i think i'm pretty good at telling right away Mm -hmm. like and like within those first couple weeks you'll be able to sell because you can just see somebody's commitment level or you know you can kind of tell right away but i mean like that can change over time right but um yeah, I don't know. I think I'm pretty pretty good at judging that right off the bat. There's been a lot of people where they surprised me in the other way where I was like, oh, this person's going to be on the ball, super committed. And then they just, you know, they start the no-showing sessions or that. that's my, that's the big thing. Like, like if you're a trainer, you'll definitely know about no-show sessions, especially mm-hmm. early morning ones. Like, I have so <laughs> many conversations with trainers about this. It's like, you know, especially that's why I don't really work with younger people so much anymore. It's like I was working back in Victoria. I had a bunch of like younger, like female clients and guys that were like university age and they just go out and get hammered and not show up for an early morning session. It's like I still charge you for that, but it's like, man, I hate waiting around mm-hmm. for like people to show up. So that's where like when you become like, you know, you're in the industry a little bit longer, you can be a little more selective about who you're working with. Because you want people that are like fun to spend time with and like that you enjoy spending that hour with, but you also want people that are gonna respect your time, right? Mm. And uh, I feel like some people, you know, it's 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 a tough one, right? Because it's a service-based industry. You technically are there to, you know, help them and you know service them. But at the end of the day, it's like there has to be that mutual respect mm-hmm. for somebody else's time, right? Um, but yeah, no, I I can't think of anything off the top of my head with it where it was like a crazy like oh you really really, like surprised me um, from the from the get go. Um, most times like maybe though maybe I don't know I feel like coaching such a process where like people do change throughout the process right so month one maybe they're not so into it month two they're really into it like month three they get more into it, and then they just you know. They either, like, get what they want out of the training. Like, a lot of people will be like, oh, I just want to learn how to work out in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, like, why they're getting a trainer. But they don't really understand, that like, how much is actually going to go into it because it's like, okay, well, the first thing I need to do is an assessment on you to see 
how you actually move. Like, I'm going to take a look at your shoulders, your hips, your ankles, like, and maybe you don't even know how messed up you actually are. Right. And then I'm like, okay, well, the first step, like, yeah, you have X goal of like this, but first step is we need to get you to move better. We need to get you to function properly. Right. Right. Um, unless you know they're really like adamant on not functioning properly but most people once you test them and you show them the video and you're like hey look at how this looks look at how this looks it's supposed to look like this they they get on board with it right so um yeah and that, that that's once again what i was saying before is like a lot of my clients it's yes like the fat loss is a part of it and yes like getting in the best shape is a part of it but a lot of them it's like feeling better better mobility stronger able to do regular everyday tasks without getting gassed Mm. um better nutrition habits uh because that's the other thing too it's like you'll get people that are you know how much are you willing to give up right some people don't want to stop drinking Mm -hmm. like you can ask them i can tell them like you need to stop drinking but that's a personal choice they need to make right Mm. are they going to do it are they not that's up to them it's like how good of results do you want to get right mm-hmm. and that's where the realism comes in it's like okay well you have this goal right it's like i'm telling you if you don't drink it's going to be your best option but if they're still like no i, I need to drink then it's like okay well then you you need to live live with, live with well yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah you need to live with the fact that like you're not going to get as good of results right like um just because like you know alcohol causes a bunch of other issues that we don't need to get into now, but like, it's just, it's not ideal for fat burning. Mm-hmm. It's not ideal for losing weight. Um, yeah, you need to see a counselor. That's actually <laughs> funny story. Like, so because my girlfriend works in a very similar vein, she's a nutritionist actually. Okay. Right. So, but she, we talk about that all the time, like how a lot of people that we work with, um, some of the issues that they have is it's more from like trauma and from like, counseling so yeah she's actually been talking about maybe actually going like becoming a counselor like i don't know if it's going to be soon or anything but she's like talked about it because it would be like a a cool addition to what she's already doing right fuck yeah yeah but uh like i think a lot of people's issues when it comes to that stuff it like yeah 100 percent is mental because you know like we talked about before about being overweight when we were kids like that's traumatic yeah 100 that was a part of what we did i didn't go to a counselor but i went to the the, the council of iron you know i pumped Fuck some yeah pumped some iron and that was like that's my therapy but you know i probably should go to a therapist i think that would probably get, be good for me but i haven't gone down that road yet Fuck um, yeah. but you know so i think that that's kind of a part of it too where it's like people's life decisions and like food and all that kind of stuff it, there's so much more going on, especially in this modern age where it's very high stress and people have all these other issues. You know, like sometimes like even just getting a workout in, like I have clients that it's like even if they just can get into the gym two, three days a week and move, that's a win for them. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have time to focus on the other shit outside, right? So yeah, it really depends on the person, right? It depends how like invested and how much time they can really put in outside. So. Yeah, that was kind of my segue into fitness too because I, I started working out because of rugby because I, I wanted to gain strength, I wanted to gain size, and then I was working out so often and not getting results. Yeah. So I was like, fuck, maybe I should try paying attention to my nutrition so I can actually get results from, wh- from what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was, a, that was a 
fun journey, man. Everyone has their own journeys. As as someone that works kind of in the uh, like as a profession of fitness, I would say. Um, have you ever had times where like you've fallen off the wagon or you kind of feel like an imposter? You're kind of like, kind of just don't really feel like that oh, at all. Uh, dude, a hundred percent. Like, so I'll t- case in point, like, let's take last summer. I went on an absolute bender last summer. Mm-hmm. Josh, Liam, you boys know what's up. Shout um, out to Josh and Liam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I went on a big bender last summer and like got, out of shape like well I, w- I was still working out the whole time that's the thing i wasn't out of shape but i gained 30 pounds right just drinking going out for food all the time i've moved to a new city you know i just wanted to get out and do things i uh, was living downtown with my buddy of like nine years dangerous situation yeah very yeah. dangerous and yeah so i mean i let it slip so it's like you know, like I think people sometimes look at trainers like, oh, these are they're perfect people that are just working out and eating celery sticks all day, and they're like, wait, you're a human? Yeah. So it's like, man, and like you know, like we we all go through tough times, and like I was definitely, you know, suppressing some stuff through what I was doing, and I got out of shape. And this is actually a great segue to the seventy-five hard stuff that we were talking yeah. about earlier, because yeah, yeah. that's when I tried to do seventy-five hard for the second time was like coming out of that because I was like, I need to like figure my shit out. I need something to hold me accountable. I need to get back into it. And uh, yeah, so that that's kind of when I got into that. And funny story. So like I remember like I met you through the internet, like yeah, beginning of the pandemic. And I remember following you on Instagram and we would chat sometimes. But you, I think it was the first time you did 75 hard. I think, no, that was the second time I did it. The second time? Okay, yeah, yeah, Have you done it three times now, then? No, two times. Okay, because I remember the first time, and I remember the second time you did it. The, yeah, the first time... Yeah, actually, you. I think you're right. The very beginning of the pandemic was the first time I did it. Yeah, because yeah. I remember you were, like, doing it. You were posting on your story about it all the time. I okay. still lived at home with my parents at the time, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, this is a cool, like, challenge. I was, like not planning to do it anytime soon but i did end up trying it once because like i saw you doing it and i was like fuck it i'm gonna try this shit out during the pandemic i didn't finish the first time mm-hmm. i got like maybe like 30 days in and just gave up because it was like this is too hard mm-hmm. or like i like missed the photos or i like i don't know something small happened and i was like you know what fuck this i'm done it's always the little things man yeah um but then the second time was different. Uh, did it with a group of people and was just way more. I was like, I'm doing this no matter what. I'm finishing. Like, I don't care how late in the day it is. I'm getting every one of these tasks done. And, yeah, that was a crazy experience in and of itself, like, to actually complete it. Um, but, yeah, I think we should we should talk about that. We should talk about each of our experiences with 75 hard like you can start you did it before me so did you finish the first time i did yeah i finished both times i um so for anyone that's listening that doesn't really know what it is 75 hard if you if you don't listen to andy frisilla it's his program it's uh there's like basically i think it's six different rules you have to follow every single day six rules it's uh have a specific meal plan um 
you fucking design that maybe with a trainer, with a nutritionist, or maybe yourself. It I can, designed mine myself. Yeah, it could be any parameters, I think. Like, you're just, like, you commit to doing some sort of food plan, and you stick to it. Yeah. So, like, for me, I was just tracking my macros, and I was like, I need to hit these macros every single day, and I need to eat, like, really clean, really healthy, like, no junk food, right? Like, no extra sugars, no meals out, like, no cheat meals, nothing like that. It's just, like, I'm, I'm sticking to macronutrients, I'm getting this much protein, this many carbs, this many fats, and I'm not eating any trash food, basically. Yeah, yeah so it's um, stick to a meal plan, no booze, no cheat meals, yeah. read 10 pages every day, take a progress picture every day, have two workouts a day, and one of them has to be outside, they're 45 minutes each. The water. And I think they got to be spread out by like a couple hours. Yeah. And then uh, four four liters of water a day, or a gallon of water yeah, a day. Yeah, four liters of water, yeah. And dude, it's a lot, man. It's yeah. a lot. The the first time I did it, I was still living at home. Mm-hmm. I was that was when I started doing cardio and I had quit smoking because I tried to do runs and I thought I was yeah. like, oh, I'm just gonna run for my outdoor workout. And I ran to the end of my block and I fucking threw up. I was like, Damn. fuck, dude, I guess that's not it. Cause I was smoking like a pack a day. I worked at uh, like a restaurant, like kind of like a social house. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I was like smoking all the time. And uh, I never been a really big drink. Like, um, I mean, I drank quite a lot in my life. I just mm. never, um, I preferred drugs, man. I didn't like uh, drinking, made me so depressed. Yeah. Like, every time I drank, it was just for social reasons. Anxiety. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And, um, so the no booze wasn't was okay. The progress pictures, I just I I did like I set alarms. Yeah. And basically would just take one after every shower. Mm-hmm. And um, the reading was difficult for me to start actually as well oh, because man, yeah. I never fucking read at all. Like I didn't even read in high school or anything. Like I fucking just never read. I never fucking read. Yeah. I don't think I completed a book until I did seventy five hard. Like I'm not even no fucking worried yeah, about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair, man. And um, I mean, reading is one of those skills that's like, it's tough. It's tough to find the time to read, right? And I just, yeah. I that was that so literally slow. that literally was probably one of the hardest parts. Dude, the it, reading would take me so long. The 10 pages would take me like over an hour. Oh, I'm, 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 I the, I'm like, the same. Like I, I'm good at reading, I guess, but I'm like not a fast reader. I like to like absorb and digest and like kind of like understand what I'm reading. So sometimes and like sometimes I'm like really like, I'll have to reread a page. Like I'll read like a page and I'll be like, I didn't really know what I just read. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read that again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> cause I, I don't know. Just, yeah. So anyways, it takes me a bit and, but yeah, there would be nights where it was like 12 PM and mm-hmm. I just got back from my second workout, which was like a 45 minute run or walk. And I was like, fuck, I still have to read 10 pages. And it's like the most brutal thing of all time. Yeah. Um, I ended up usually reading in the evening before bed. That was kind of like my time to do it. The morning was like, you know, take my pictures first thing in the morning. Like I would usually weigh myself too and then make some breakfast, get ready for the day. Um, start drinking some water. Um, yeah, usually would do a workout, but man, by the end, by the end of it, like my workouts, like I was also cutting during that time. So I was like, pretty i didn't do like a super aggressive cut but i was like for me it was low i was eating like three thousand calories a day which at my weight was like pretty aggressive mm-hmm. um i probably like a 200 to 300 calorie deficit and 
like the end of it, I was doing Muay Thai, I was doing workouts, I was going like so balls to the wall. There were some days though where I literally my workouts were like I just did two forty five minute walks because mm-hmm. I was like that's literally all I can muster today is like, and it still counts I think because it's like, he basically says like as long as it's separate. And like the whole idea, it's it doesn't matter what you do. It's more about the inconvenience of like you have to go do something now. You mm-hmm. have to go move in some way. That's a, that's the big part of it, right? So and it's tailored too. Like you know when you're pushing yourself. I think that at the end of it as well is like you're gonna push yourself past thresholds of pain and comfortability. Like you know, like there was like yeah, some of my workouts were like a, a, a jog or a walk or like a yoga class or yeah, like something exactly. like that. Like, it, the, the big thing is the movement. And mm-hmm. the big thing too is it's like, it is inconvenient because it's like, fuck, I just finished work. I'm home. It's 10 p.m. I haven't done my second workout. Okay, I'm going to go for a 45-minute walk or a 45-minute run or like like do something. But it's even that, and I think that's a big part of it, is like it's basically showing you that like you you do have time to do this shit. Like, mm-hmm. if if people tell you, like, oh, I don't have time to work out, I don't have time to do this, get home, don't watch Netflix, go do a 45-minute walk, go do a 45-minute workout, do push-ups in your apartment for all I care. Yeah. Do squats while you're watching Netflix, that, dude, right? That, like, was, that was, like, how half my workouts went because I the gym shut down. Yeah. So I was doing, like, fucking... Literally, I used to do Italian. I'd have this whiteboard behind me here. Yeah. I'd have... I'd go push-ups, pull-ups like uh sit-ups and then uh what was the other one i would do oh fucking lateral raises like yeah. shoulder re- rehab stuff and i would just do a set of each and i would just go through and i would just do that for 45 minutes it's a circuit that yeah, was man. just my there work I just like as many as i can fucking do for 45 minutes yeah a lot of mine were like that too because i literally just i have a bunch of kettlebells and like a weight vest like i have more equipment at home than most people do um bunch of bands and stuff like that dumbbells but yeah, I just did it at home and would just get a good sweat on and like that's that's enough, right? That's enough to like boost your metabolism, it's enough to grow muscle. Um but I think yeah, the most challenging aspects of 75 hard was the reading man was tough. Like there's nights where I was like I don't fucking want to read. Mm-hmm. I really don't. And I still did it though. I finished like three or four books during that time and mm-hmm. like it it was great and now i'm actually like i'm at the point now where i'm like i need to start reading again like on a regular basis like i, I i'm super sporadic now with it i'm like i just got to get back into it right yeah. so i got a couple books on the go but i'm like i need to actually finish reading them yeah it's one of those things that's tough so yeah i i've uh just like a couple months back i reintroduced reading regularly again mm-hmm. I, I i'm a big like um 75 hard helped me understand that I function best off of routine and like Mm, kind of a structured lifestyle. Like I start work typically at the same time every day. Like I usually start at like seven, seven 30, like construction lifestyle. Yeah. So if I wake up like at four, I can do like a little jog or a walk, depending on how I feel. Like I don't force myself to go super hard. It's more about just like moving and getting my blood flowing. Mm, Yeah. And then by five, I sit down and read six i make breakfast and then like 6 45 i leave for work like that's kind of like how i structure my morning and like um yeah getting back into reading has been really helpful for me like just in terms of even just like being comfortable being still and like, yeah i fucking suck at sitting still like, oh me too and even podcasting helps with that actually but 
Yeah, man. I started reading again recently, and it's just like again instilling that habit. I I felt like um. Like the first time I did it, I was just kind of going through the motions. Like the the reason I felt like I had to do it a second time was because I felt like um, when I had done it the first time, mm-hmm. excuse me, um, I felt like I was just going through the motions. Like I wasn't like I'd be like on my phone texting during my workouts, during rest periods, and I would just be like, fuck, okay. I'd, I'd like have a timer on my phone. Like I'd go like 48 minutes just in case. And I would just like 48 minutes in the gym. I just have to be here and do things like that was what I was thinking in my head. Like, yeah, it's just like, I, I just you. have to go through this fucking thing so I can go home and shower and then read and then do this, do that. And then after I completed it, I was like, I did it and I lost body fat. I gained muscle, but I don't feel like I gained like the, the attention or like the intentionality of like actually what i was looking for i got you that's why yeah. i felt like i had to redo mm. it almost mm. i can see that man i can see that there there were times where it's like i'm just ticking off boxes yeah i'm just like getting the boxes ticked for today but i think it almost has to be that way because like you're not always going to be motivated to do that shit yeah and like there's gonna be days where you're like i just gotta tick off the boxes i just gotta do this shit and then it's then it's on to tomorrow day day to time day to time right yeah so, I, I I agree with you, man. Because part of that is what it is, and uh, I was I'm gonna return to that idea, but I felt like um, I felt like it led me to basically be absent-minded when I'm doing things because mm. I would just be ticking the boxes, but I was thinking about something else. I was thinking about a conversation I had had, and then yeah, and then I felt like I'm okay. I'm doing these things, but I'm not doing them to the best of my ability. I'm not doing them thinking about okay i'm gonna do this workout for this reason because i want to gain muscle i want to gain uh balance i want to do this yoga class because i want to do this thing like i would be like just doing the thing Mm, and i wouldn't be like doing my best to do it you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. say like you're you like uh you're like okay i'm gonna do this workout to improve my strength like i'm not measuring the weights i'm doing i'm just doing the workout you know what i mean like so it's like it was almost it wasn't counterproductive because you're still like a workout done is better than a, not doing a workout. Yeah. But I was like, I want to be able to focus on doing these things to the best of my abilities. So yeah, I, I got you. I had to redo it. But um, in my eyes, I mean, but. That's I, fair. Um, yeah, I might. I might. I, that was my second time doing it. Like the first time I obviously failed for there's probably a myriad of reasons i don't think i was fully like invested in it i was kind of like oh yeah i'll do this challenge and then like you know when push came to shove or something came up i was like ah fuck it i'll just redo it another time yeah 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 so but the second time i was like no like i'm serious about this this time i'm gonna finish it and i'm gonna see this through to the end and i got crazy results dude i lost 30 pounds i was definitely way healthier and like just way better space. Uh, the only negative side I would say is like I did have kind of an interesting relationship with food right after I finished because I was like, it's like oh I'm done now and like I can eat other things again if I want to. But Ben and Jerry's baby. Yeah, I was like no man. It was just it was weird though. I still wanted to keep like eating like the way I was eating and like it kind of just put me in a weird headspace. Oh, like you felt guilty about cheat meals. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I shouldn't eat this, which is probably still good. I mean, it's like at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I shouldn't have you shouldn't. a yeah. fucking donut, right? Like, But like I kind of wanted to. but uh, And I mean, I ended up like my girlfriend and I ended up going to uh, 
Playa del Carmen, Mexico on a vacation. And But even then, like, we got a gym membership as soon as we got there. Like, we worked out most days that we were there. We biked everywhere. We had meals out, but we still ate pretty healthy, right? Like, and that's the other thing, too. It's like, you know, we didn't really drink too much. So there's a way to go on vacation or there's a way to do things that, like, you still are healthy, right? Um, and, I mean, I'm I'm not the perfect example of that. I'm still getting better at that all the time. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's what, you know, kind of like 75 heart hard taught me as well is that like, yeah, like the nutrition is, you know, a huge aspect of it and healthy eating is, you know, important. And like that, that is exactly what it looks like when you go balls to the wall for three months. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I talked about before on the podcast where people go hard for three months and then fall off. But the thing is I've maintained my, my body weight. I have not really fluctuated back up since I finished 75 hard. I still eat pretty healthy. Like, yeah, I've gone like, you know, my roommate ordered pizza or whatever once in a while. And I've had that or I've gone out for a few meals here and there. But like for the most part during the week, it's like whole foods based. I cook a lot of my own meals. Like it's, yeah, it's just consistency. That's what it is at the end of the day. Yeah. That's what it teaches you too is consistency. Dude. Yeah. hundred percent. The, uh, the first time I had done it, uh, part of my thing with my meal plan was I, I, cause again, I worked at a restaurant, so I was like, I'm not eating anything. I don't personally buy from the grocery store and make myself like that was yeah. one of the rules I had to follow with my meal plan. Cause it's I, tough at a restaurant too. Cause they've probably given you some meals every now and again too. Oh right? dude. But that was the thing. I was like, I didn't want to be tempted of like, okay, they'll give me like chicken and fries or whatever and yeah, then I'll just yeah. eat the chicken I was like no I'm not giving myself any room for error mm-hmm. I'm not eating anything I don't make myself that's it I'm not fucking doing it yeah I don't want to find out that this that, is- I was about the same I was like no no junk food I mean I did allow myself so like there was that like body energy club yep. they had like those like wraps fuck yeah and there are all there's macros are right on there like the two guys with knives wraps yep that's kind of like as far as I would allow myself to go outside because I was like, you know what? The macros are on there. It's pretty fucking healthy. Like it's nothing too bad in there. I mean, uh, the, in the, a pinch, like I was like, you know, I was super busy back in those days too, just working like 12 hour days. So yeah. I had that a couple of times, but I was like that to me is, you know, it's still sticking within my macro based plan. And like I would still not consider that like junk food. So no, dude, I wouldn't either. Yeah. The only thing with macro based things were, um, Cause like my meal plans personally, and even still to this day mm-hmm. are structured around like, I'm going to eat this, this, and this. Like I would be like, uh, like five pieces of bacon and, and like five eggs or whatever. Like that's okay, my typical yeah, yeah. breakfast now. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, I've always struggled with like macro based diets and stuff because, and everyone's got their own philosophy, but it's like, you could just starve yourself all day and have pancakes for fucking dinner. You know what I mean? Like, like there's too much leniency with it. You mean? Yeah. yeah and it sounds like you kind of didn't have that issue, but like I could imagine someone if they're like, okay, I have X amount of carbs. I'm just going to eat vegetables and, and chicken all day. And then for dinner, I'm having five chocolate chip cookies. And it's like, okay, you followed your diet, but like realistically, like you, this isn't training discipline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's not not ideal, right? I mean, and at the end of the day too, like if they're doing that, like they're probably out of the realm of their of their things, right? Like chocolate chip cookies are going to have a bunch of fat and a bunch of extra sugar and like that was the thing too that I told myself is like anything I eat, like if I looked at it and it's like this is not healthy, I don't have it. Yeah. Right? Or if there's not like some sort of nutritional value to it, it's like no. 
Like, I don't have that, right? Yeah. So, um, and for me personally, like, everyone has their own philosophy because, like, oh, I mean, if, you, if your goal is to just lose fat and gain muscle, then, like, following a macro-based diet is probably the best way to do that. But for me, like, because I said, like, I've had so many gut issues and health mm. problems. I was like, I just want to be healthy. Like, yeah. I just want to fucking eat regular ass foods like i started eating like i said like i'm i'm i i had like i'm starting to have vegetables again like i just want to eat vegetables fruit meat like a regular fucking diet like yeah that, that like my ancestors would have ate or like that would literally just be healthy for me like yeah. i don't want to starve myself like, and eat not a, a lot of, of processed shit yeah like yeah. i don't want to eat a fucking like huge family size bag of doritos like you don't want the 7-eleven taquitos bro yeah dude no, come on <laughs> come on bro There's that's so, real food dude yeah but it's like mm, yeah it might fit my macros because i've starved myself or like burned enough calories mm. but like those chemicals aren't going to be good for my gut dude and i don't no. want to fucking do this anymore like but that was just a personal fucking thing because yeah, i had sure. gut issues for sure but um i wanted to go back to uh the idea of just ticking off the boxes because i've had like like i said like both times that i did it I would do it like with quote unquote a group of friends. Yeah. And the first time I did it, I think I did it with three, two or three guys. And neither of them got, I think, past like one month or two months. Like, That's it the was, tough part, man. And, yeah. And both times it was like, they'd slip up on little things like, oh, I had a cousin's wedding and I had to eat like whatever or like just had to eat it. Yeah. yeah. Or, or I missed my progress picture and fuck it, dude. Like I missed it. And now like, I'm not fucking st bro. I'm not going to fucking start back on day one. Like, yeah, well, that's not the point, bro. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, the other, th the, and, and it's like, oh, I just missed a progress picture. Like that doesn't fucking matter. And Andy talks about this in his podcast as well as like, the point is mm. to get yourself to do the things that you don't see the value in because over time, like if you take a picture every single day for 75 days and you look at the first seven, there's probably not much of a oh, difference. Man. Yeah, that's crazy though. The the pictures at the end, when you actually look back at it, you're like, holy shit, this when is crazy. When you scroll through them on your phone, oh, yeah. Oh, it's nuts. Yeah, but, um, it's actually nuts to go through that whole progression and you can see like week by week the changes and day by day sometimes there's no change right like that's something i tell my clients all the time it's like we are very subjective people like you basically no one can look at themselves objectively right. you can't look at yourself in the mirror objectively and like look at it for what it is because we see ourselves every single day we don't see the changes but then you might see your buddy you haven't seen in three months and they'll be like damn bro like you you got lean like you like changed so much it's like, oh, did I? Like, I don't know that. I can't notice that in the mirror. But that's basically like what the photos allow you to do is be more objective. Yeah. Because it's like now it's like I can actually go back through and I can see what I really looked like on that day without my mental kind of barriers telling me like, oh, I'm still like you said, like I'm still fat or I'm still this or that. It's that ability to be objective on, you know, and look at a, this time and this time. Right. That's where the benefit of photos comes in. So, yeah. And for me as well, like it was like training myself to just do things that I didn't feel like mattered. Like there's so many times now, like, mm -hmm. I, like I, I have my hands in a couple businesses and there's so many little things. Like I know, I know you probably understand this as well. Where like, before you go to bed, like you have to do like a couple invoices or send a couple emails and you're like, fuck, does it really matter if I do this today? Yeah. Or like, there's so many days where you're like, 
man, I, I think I had enough workouts this week. Like, does it really matter if I do a workout today? And then there's, there's always those times like, okay, yeah, maybe it's okay to skip like not reading for a day or not doing this for a day or whatever. Um, yeah. but there's always those times in my life where like, I've looked back and been like, fuck, I didn't make as much as I wanted to that month. And then I think yeah. back like, why was that? Oh yeah. It's cause I skipped on all the little things. Like it's never because you missed the big things. Like, no, you know, like yeah. it's never like work wasn't completed. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't show up to my session to train that person. No, you, of course you're going to do that. But it's like, oh yeah, I didn't follow up with this person. Yeah. Oh, I didn't like build them an invoice on time. Yeah. Oh, I didn't do this little thing that I thought was unimportant. And they add up. Yeah, exactly. They add up. And I think that, so going back to his podcast, like one of the things I remember listening to is like, he says specifically in it, like as soon as you do that, where it's like, oh, it's just a progress picture, whatever. As soon as you take an inch, like it's when, same thing, like when you like, you give somebody an inch, they take a mile. Mm-hmm. It's like as soon as you've lapsed on one of your things, you're going to lapse on other things, mm-hmm. right? Because you've given yourself, oh yeah, I can do that. Oh yeah, I could do that. It's the same idea as like, you know, used to, mo- to smoke. I've smoked before. It's the same thing as like, oh, I've had a hard day. I'm just going to have one. I'm just going to have one cigarette. Yeah. And then Good fucking love. And then it just goes right back into where you were. And right. Like, so that's the whole idea. It's like you give yourself a little bit of an inch or it's like same thing for me with drinking. I'm just going to have one drink. No, you're not. You're going to have 12, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's not going to happen that way because like, as soon as you give yourself that opening, it opens the floodgates, mm-hmm. at least for me. I mean, maybe people are, other people are different, but like I, they're lying. They're lying. Yeah. They're <laughs> liars, dude. Yeah, man. It's yeah. So that, that is the exact principle though. It's like you're giving yourself an out. Yeah. Right. You're being like, oh, well, it doesn't matter that much. So I'm going to give myself this out. Once you give yourself that one out, though, it's like you're going to give yourself an out on a workout. You're going to give yourself an out on the progress pictures. You're going to give yourself an out on the water. Oh, I only had three liters, not four, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? So, Dude, the water was brutal, man. It's brutal. Uh, I had to tra- I tracked it every day on like, my phone. Um, I, I was using my fitness pal um, and then also just like making notes in my notes on my phone to like mm-hmm. keep track of it. And I have a pretty big water bottle. Like I think my bo- bottle was two liters. So I just like I was like I need to drink two of these a day, and then I'll be good to go. Um, I, actually, the water wasn't too bad for me. Like I drink a lot of water anyways, but it was just the specificity of like you need to drink this much water. Where it's like I get home and like once again just got back from my walk. It's like okay, we're down in a liter right now. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Right, you so. probably had a lot of salt too. I, oh yeah, of course. I, I had course. like I I didn't learn that lesson until like probably mm. sixty days in, man. Because, like, dude, I drive around a lot for work. Like, yeah, I, I uh, it's a small company we work for, so it's like I'm not like on the job site all day every day. Like most of the time I am, because I am a carpenter by trade. So yeah. like I'm there most of the time. But there's so many times where, like, I have to drive to a supplier, drive to a customer to grab some shit or, like, talk yeah. to these people or would do whatever. And so, like, I'm driving all over Vancouver and I'm just downing water. There is probably, I'd say, yeah, every single day, probably one or two times where I'm, like, pulling over and pissing on a main road. Like, I'm, like, literally about to piss <laughs> my fucking hands. Bro, I threw away so many fucking coffee cups because I literally had to piss in a coffee cup, like, in my oh, truck, like, just yeah. pull over it, just... I'm like, I'm going to get fucking arrested for public indecency at this point. Like, Yeah, that's fair, man. Yeah, no, the minerals, the salt helps a lot with that for sure. 
Um, but either way, when you're drinking a ton of water, like you got to piss, right? Oh man, it like, was fucking brutal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's like I, I was talking about a buddy of mine with us the other day. Like he was like, oh, I'm pissed in like 12 hours. I was like, that's not healthy, bro. Like that's not good for you. Like, like do you look, know how many things your body needs to get yeah, rid of? Yeah, like you look at like a regular animal out in the wild. They're gonna piss when they want to piss. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, like so, I piss every couple hours for sure. Yeah, but. Like, yeah, if you're driving to and from and you got, like, a commute and, like, yeah, man, it's tough. Right? Yeah. So. I almost pissed myself at the dump, dude, at the landfill. Like, <laughs> I was, like, like, I drive, like, I'm, like, leaving work one day. I'm, like, probably, like, two and a half, three liters deep. It's, like, three o'clock in the afternoon. I got a trailer on the back of my truck. I go to yeah. the landfill. Have to wait in a long-ass line. Oh, yeah. And then I go dump the trailer and then I'm waiting in a long ass line to fucking pay. To pay and I'm yeah. like, oh, I gotta fucking piss so fucking bad. And yeah. I like literally almost pissed myself, dude. Like it was so fucking bad. That was one of the days where it was like a coffee cup and I just kind of <laughs> unzip my fly, <laughs> lean over in the truck, and I'm just like trying yeah. to nobody Wait, fucking who's see. that guy kneeling in the garbage? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's he doing? No, dude, I didn't even get out of my truck. I just literally pissed in a coffee cup in my truck. Yeah, man. It was so Some, fucking. Sometimes it's gotta happen. Dude, it was fucking insane. I, I remember thinking in my head, I'm like, this is fucking insane this is fucked yeah Fuck, there's man. so many fucking times like that are you um are you ever do you feel like you're gonna do 75 hard again or do you feel I, like i, I oh, for I sure no no i could i i same as you i feel like that challenge you could always kick it up a notch from what you did previously mm. it's like oh i could have done this better or like yeah i could have been more specific with my meal plan i could have been you know I could have just gone savage on every workout and like no walking allowed. Mm-hmm. You know, like you you can dial it up. You can make it as hard like as you want. But at the end of the day, it's like you're the person that's that has to choose that, right? Because like if you're doing it and it's not hard, you're not doing it right. Yeah. But I felt like the last time I did it, I was like and near the end I was like this is fucking hard. Like yeah. that last like 15 20 days or like the last 2 weeks is like you want to think it, there's periods where it, like you get into a flow when it feels like it's going well and it's easier. And there's sometimes where you're just like, I hate this right now. Like I want to like not do this anymore. Like even on just some of the small stuff, it's like, man, I, I don't want to do two workouts today. I want to do one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, but at the end of the day, it's, that's what the challenge really is. And I mean, like for me, like I said, it, if people want to come up to you and be like, Oh, like, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do this. No, it's like, no, you do. You do. Like, you have time to do whatever you want to do if you put your mind to it, right? If Like, my favorite thing is, like, when I sit down with... This is a little bit of a side tangent, but, like, when I sit down with people for consultations, I'm like, what are your hobbies, right? The number of people that say, oh, like, I watch a lot of Netflix as a hobby. I'm like, oh, fuck, dude, man. it actually hurts me. Yeah, it actually like hurts me. It's like you don't do anything outside of that. I mean, mind you, a lot of my hobbies are like going hiking and like doing like Muay Thai and like weightlifting, and mm-hmm. it's all active shit. So it's kind of like, oh, well, is, are those hobbies or is that your work? Well, it's like I do my hobby for work, basically. Yeah. Right. Um, in a in a roundabout way, but like, I barely watch TV nowadays. Like, I just I can't sit there and watch a TV show. At, like, twenty minutes in, I'm like, I can't do this, Kate. By I need to go do something right yeah. like or just like I just way prefer to be doing other things um I do watch the odd movie here and there but like 
the amount of people that watch like three or four or five hours of Netflix a night or just like go home and just will literally go on their phone and scroll like TikTok and Instagram for hours, which I mean, we're all a little bit guilty of. I, I run a business off of Instagram. It's it's hard sometimes, yeah. right? But literally like it's like, wait, so like you're telling me you you literally have no other, nothing else going on in your life besides you work and then you go home and watch TV. And they're like, yeah. It's like, fuck, man, that is rough. Yeah. Like, and that you wonder why there's so many people that are depressed and fucking anxious and not feeling good. And it's like social media, Netflix, man. Yeah. Fucking deadly. 100%, man. I, I, I always think, like, it's good. You got to have some sort of a hobby. Like, even if it's like, fuck, like, pick up knitting or like something to fucking stimulate you that's not just like an instant dopamine thing. Like, like, uh, I think, um, yeah, instant gratification. Anything that you can just get like a dopamine rush without yeah. actually having to challenge yourself. That's the thing that I find like like anything that you talked about, like Muay Thai or like like for me, jujitsu or like any hobby yeah, that we man. have, like there's gotta be days where you show up to your hobby and just feel like, fuck this man. Like it's so fucking frustrating. It's All so hard. Like and that's what time. I think is necessity for like yeah having a hobby that's actually healthy for you like your hobby has to challenge you your hobby has to fucking be uncomfortable sometimes 100 like, if your hobby is just comfortable all the time like it's just like oh yeah i just watch netflix like it's like that's not a hobby bro that's an addiction but i watched 12 in a row and that was hard yeah that was really tough i had to sit there my mom brought me nachos it was a wild yeah. time yeah. yeah hard yeah. on your spine you <laughs> <fuck>. <laughs> <laughs> no but no like there are days like that like I, even starting a hobby like i remember starting boxing and being like i know i'm gonna fucking suck and like that's a hard thing it's like you're going into this brand new you're not doing good it's frustrating i did olympic lifting for a while too and that's one of the most frustrating things to learn ever mm -hmm. like the first part like first three months of ollie man is you it's so frustrating Cause it's just like, if you haven't been doing those movement patterns and like all the drills, it's, it's really tough, but you know, there's days where like your body just clicks and everything, like you're flowing, everything feels good. You're like, you know, I think partners really matter in martial arts as well. If you get a shit partner, sometimes I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say a shit partner, but if you get a partner that's maybe less experienced or doesn't there's really shitty partners, out there. <laughs> there's definitely shitty partners out there in all aspects, in all aspects. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like there's days where it just clicks and there's days where like you just don't feel good but you're still there you're doing it but it's like man that wasn't a good session or you know even working out you're gonna have days where everything like shoots up really quick you feel strong you feel good and you're gonna have days where you feel garbage you know like, yeah. i don't want to do this but it's the consistency right that's the that's what matters the most yeah, I was going to ask you, maybe you kind of answered this already, but I was going to ask you, like, why do you think, because when we were, like, kids, I never mm. remembered, like, conversations around mental health or depression or anxiety yeah. or anything like that. Like, I feel like there's a two-part answer to this because I feel like um, maybe the conversation wasn't around because less people suffered from it. Maybe it wasn't around mm. because the environment was separate, like so, like socially or, like, whatever. Like, it was uh, different. But, like, yeah. do you think that more people suffer from depression or anxiety nowadays? 110%. 110%. For anybody out there that wants to watch a really good documentary, there's one on YouTube. Um, it's called um, Childhood 2.0. And it's literally about how kids are like addicted to porn and like TikTok and Netflix and they're growing up in this new age. Like when I was a kid, like I didn't get a cell phone till 
you know, maybe the middle, like middle school-ish or like beginning of middle school. Oh, it's like 13 or 14. Yeah, like teenagers. And it was like a fucking like, you know, like texting was like with your thumbs. And it was like it, the, the number T9. you had to hit like four times. Yeah, it was like T9. And then, like, then you got a Blackberry and it was like BBM and all that shit. Like that was like when it started off. Now I can't even imagine, dude. Now it's fucked. Like you yeah. got Snapchat. You got all these things and like kids are bullying each other through the internet over Instagram and like you you're always constantly like comparing yourself to these other kids and like to these other people and you know there's like I actually watched a Jordan Peterson thing in recently that was interesting about porn he's like nowadays like as a man you can see more naked women more quickly than any other man in history has ever seen yeah and that's not right no. Like, that's yeah. not healthy. There's something about that that's not right. And that's, it comes back to the instant gratification thing. It's like, if you're you supposed can, to work for that. If you can, like, you, if you don't have to work to get, like, a female or if you don't have to, like, do any work, like, where's your drive coming from? Where's all this coming from? Right. And, like, it's not healthy, man. It's not healthy. Like, your brain still treats it like you're having multiple sexual partners in a night and, like, all this other kind of stuff. Like, there's a bunch of crazy, like, science behind pornography. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, as soon as you got your first iPod Touch back in the day, we know what every boy is doing. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's definitely something that I've like kind of looked into a lot more over the years, and you know, I definitely like limit that now a lot. Like, and I, I mean, I have a girlfriend and everything, so I don't need to go out of my way to do that, right? But it's like, yeah, man, I definitely think that there's a bunch of aspects of the internet and TikTok and Instagram and like porn that's super unhealthy, especially for males. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it's a whole other topic, but uh, I would just suggest if anyone out there wants to like learn more about it, especially like the child, like suicide and depression and why people like mental health is more of an issue. Go watch Childhood 2.0. It's made by like some of the same people that made the Social Dilemma, right? But the issue with the Social Dilemma is they don't include Netflix as an issue in the Social Dilemma because it's made by Netflix. Right. Childhood 2.0, they talk about Netflix. Because Netflix also has dopamine feedback loops built in. Yeah. They have the autoplay. It just flips over, and then now you're watching another episode. They have a bunch of things that like makes you automatically want to watch more without you even knowing it. So mm-hmm. there's shit built it right into Netflix and everything else, too, that also... Because they're, they're all based off of... Uh, there was a quote from Netflix like CEO, I'm pretty sure. And it said, he said, our only competition is sleep. Wow. The only competition we have is people going to bed. Otherwise, they're watching TV. Yeah. That's a crazy quote. Yeah, it's crazy. That is fucked up, man. Because, yeah, Zuckerberg was on fucking Joe Rogan recently. And uh, I got to plug that bitch in. Yeah. How much time do you think we have? I mean... I got to get going here in the next few minutes anyways. All right, we'll wrap it up quickly. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, what I was going to say is Zuckerberg was on Joe Rogan recently, and uh, he was talking about, uh, Joe was asking him, like, are you afraid of, like, getting people involved in, like, too much screen time? Like, yeah. like with, like, the VR shit that they're doing and, like, obviously with social media being so addicting. And uh, Zuckerberg brought up a funny point where he's like, at the end of the day, and I mean, you can have fucking your own opinion on Zuckerberg. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think he's, I think he's a fucking reptile, but yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that dude is not a human being. Yeah, but he, um, he's something else. Have you did you see those videos of him barbecuing? No man barbecues that way. <laughs> okay. Anyway, anyways, go go on. I uh, yeah. He so in his words, he says that his goal with Facebook is to uh, allow people connectivity, basically, like to connect with their friends, their loved ones, etc. 
and he said that I'm not worried about taking up too much time in terms of like uh, your like say hourly real estate. Mm. I'm trying to change the way people use their hourly real estate. So he said that TV is still the most prominent form yeah. of like technology use, like watching things like YouTube, Netflix, or just regular cable TV. 100%. And he said, I want to convert those hours into connecting with people. So it was okay. a kind of a weird concept where I was yeah, like, I, that was the first time he sounded like a human being. Like I was yeah. like, holy shit. Sounds like bullshit to me. It sounds like you probably just want people to spend more time on your app, but <laughs> you, you found a way to make it seem like it's a it's a good thing, right? Yeah, it was just an interesting yeah. idea. I was when I was listening to it. I get it. Yeah, I get it for sure. But uh, still, fuck the Zuck, man. Yeah, man. I don't know. Yeah, there's a bunch of sketchy stuff with Facebook and even them, man. Like it's it th- those massive corporations. That's an interesting thing these days. They're so unchecked. There's no. There's nobody checking those people. Yeah. Google, Amazon, Facebook. They can do whatever they want. They're like, yeah, but we're monitored by third-party people. It's like, yeah, you fucking hire the third-party people. I could yeah. fucking go in on that forever, dude. I yeah. fucking I hate that idea. But um, let's wrap this up and put a little bow on it. For um, sure. If um, Actually, fuck it, dude. I'll let you do the outro. I do the fucking intro and fucking... All right. Well, I, I mean... I made the podcast, but... Um, <laughs> You cool. you can do the outro. Um, here's some framework to work with because I'm putting you on the spot. Give people a nice little message that either motivates them or makes them laugh. And mm-hmm. then uh, plug yourself so they know where to find you. For sure. And then uh, we'll say peace out. Cool. Well, yeah. Obviously, thank you for having me on. It's my very first podcast. So You did great. I, I had a great experience. Yeah, it was. we had a good conversation. Um, all I would say is that, like, yeah, you know, everything that we do in life is based around choices so make choices that are going to take you where you want to go and not choices that are going to take you down a path that's going to lead to you being unhappy in life because at the end of the day as much as we want to think that it's our situation or this or that it's like no it's a personal choice every single day uh for what we do and that's going to lead us where we want to go so that would be my message and you guys can find me on instagram at judah ratzlaff uh, I do have a business page as well, at Zolo Strength. It's a little bit smaller, but I mean, I do post uh, client testimonials and stuff there. Uh, I got some big things in the works too. I got a YouTube channel that's going to be starting. I'm filming my, I'm working with a local uh, video production company, so it's going to be professionally done. Uh, that's going to be, I'm filming my first one on the 20th. Damn. So that's going to be for my Enzolo Strength. I come? Potentially, yeah, man. You could potentially swing by. Uh, you could be a client or something. I need, Fuck yeah. Yeah, I need some people to, to train. Um, and then, yeah, you can find me, I have a website too, but that's more of a landing page, but I'm mostly on Instagram, Facebook, stuff like that. So, cool. um, but yeah, keep an eye open for the YouTube, uh, cause I think that's going to be kind of my next step. One of the big things I'm, I'm launching up here. And then if you guys want to train in person, my uh, studio is on West 7th, uh, in Vancouver and I also do online training. So, um, I do, I train people from all around the world, uh, through online. So, Yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming through, man. And uh, thank you for anybody that's listening to this or watching this. Um, That's pretty much it. Thank you so much. Much love and peace out, motherfuckers. Enjoy. Peace, buddy.